Talking loud. Yeah. Loud talkie time. Hi, welcome to Loud Talkie Time. With Charlie and Sarah. Or what I mean to say is uh, Killer Pillow Talk episode. I don't even know what episode this is. I uh, guess 12? 12, Well, yeah. it's 11 part well, 2. 11 part 2, which we call 12. Which we call 12. Can we call this Loud Talkie Time now? Yeah, sure. We can call it Loud Talkie Time. Nice. Name change. Okay. Um, or I now, thought you meant the whole, just this episode or the whole podcast? The whole podcast. No. Oh. Okay. Uh, Waba, refresh my memory. Uh, did I like this story? Probably not. Uh, what were we talking about? Jolie Riffs. Oh, my brother's name, yes. Joel Rifkin, uh, born on, let me recap, okay... Joel We've never done a bo- recap before. Born on January 20th, 1959. Killed a bunch of people. Uh, women, mostly. And if you didn't listen to that, go... Go back and listen to it <laughs> go now. Go back and listen to that. Uh, was adopted. Grew up in Long Island. Was made fun of a lot. Oh, right. Really ass enjoyed... Ass What was his name? Uh, lard ass. Lard ass right. is what his uh, track I team called him. I wanted to say him. ass face. Um, he got rejected by or he fell in love with a girl and she didn't love him back so he started murdering women and he had a uh, affinity for prostitutes that classic love story of boy meets girl girl doesn't love boy boy goes kills prostitutes you know the huge age-old age-old story okay so where we landed last time um it gets better from here right and sort of say yes i don't know Okay, so one week after he killed his last victim, which was Lorraine Orvieto, R.I.P., uh, Jolie Riffs is back out hunting for his next Vic. Vic? Her name's not Vic. That's just a me. Vicky! This is me uh, trying to abbreviate words. Victim? Yeah. It's only two syllables. Vic! We're spending so much more time explaining what Vic... Okay, fine. Well, I mean, you know, I... I'm just going off the of Law and Order SVU talk. Okay, so. Alright, enough of that. So, 39-year-old Mary Ann Holloman was what he found. She was his oldest victim. 39? 39. Mm. Mary you guessed it. Geriatric. No. Oh. A sex worker. No. Oh. An addict, but she also had a side gig sewing personalized G-strings for strippers. Well, now, hang on. I was like, if only Etsy had been around back then. Love a good G-string. Getsy. G-string. Well, what would you call it? A dark Etsy. The dark Etsy web. The dark Etsy web. Uh, Yeah. So he drove her to the same parking lot as Yoon Lee and once again strangled her mid-BJ. I just don't like that detail. I know. Now that we've said it multiple times. I I, I mean, honestly, I think that's that's very rude. I mean, like, why would you do it? I mean, I think it's rude strangling someone that's trying to give you pleasure in the first place, but... Uh, I, think, I think that's rude. Yeah. I think it's very. I mean, it's not at it's, the very least. It's rude. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, it's a horrible thing to do. I don't condone murder at all, and I'm very much against it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it's good to hear you take that stance. Yeah. When it's uh, somebody had to say someone that you're paying a service to, and then you're like, but you know, you're just gonna kill them anyway. It's, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like the whole story. It's not great. I'm not a big fan of this guy. Um, anyway. Just these innocent women being taken advantage of. Well, I mean, they're already in like a bad enough situation mm-hmm. as it is. Here he goes, making it worse. Well, it's just because a lot of them were like fell on hard times, and you know they just felt like they had to do this. But you know, and it's really hard for being a woman and trying to make it in this in in the world. <laughs> in this industry, God, I'm not a sex worker, but you know, I mean, 
a lot of these women were the like podcast industry. Not a lot of women were a lot of these women were like failed actresses. They went moved to New York because they wanted to be an actor, and then they got mm. addicted to drugs, and then started doing uh, yeah. And then sex now, work. now that part, I you know what? Let's stop. I don't like that part. I know it's not fun. Um, let's live in the woods. Let's live in the woods. Live in the woods with your top down. Is that that? That's from that that famous musical, Live Into the Woods. Right? Live Into the Woods. Okay. So he took her back to his his you know good old reliable parking lot, and um, and he strangled her again. Marianne. Uh, yes, Marianne. The oldest one. And at this point, he just the kind of eldest Marianne. At this point, he kind of just recalls this behavior as like almost automatic. Mm. It's just kind of like going through the motions at this point. Um, nope. And so he carries on the usual routine and disposes her, with her, just like Lorraine, oil drum and Coney Island Creek. Coney Island. Coney Island, Coney Island Creek. Creek. I was going to say, now I have to look up Coney Island Creek. No, I'm sorry. I have a retainer on. Okay. I have a lisp. Um, I have a speech impediment. It's just like Joe Biden. Um, okay. Come on, folks. Anyway. Come on. It's not rocket science. Okay, well, any, so on deny, not deny, ah, you made me all self-conscious. We're gonna fix it, folks. Come on. Okay, on July 1992, July 9th, 1992. Oh, July 9th, 1992. Almost my own birthday. On July 9th, 1992, an anonymous caller reported Marianne's floating remains mm -mm. in the Coney Island Creek. See, he's not even good at what he does. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes he is and sometimes he's not. I mean, sometimes he's good at this and sometimes he's not. It's it's beside the point. I mean, it's not beside the point. But... Beside the point. It's going to do him in one of these days. Uh, well, we'll get to that. So uh, this is two days before Lorraine's body was actually found. Um, but unlike Lorraine, Marianne was able to be identified by her dental records. So she was returned to her family for burial. Hmm. You know, good for her. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's also another sad thing. I needed thing, that like closure. Most of these women are kind of un unidentified and that, that's sad. They obviously had families out there somewhere, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, you would think that two floating bodies or two bodies floating in the water found within days of each other in the same location might have warranted an investigation at this time. But no, I would think I would think that, too. But then NYPD apparently had their hands full with all the other 2000 other homicides happening in the city at that time. And, and that the early 90s. Yeah. Rough time for New York. Uh, yeah. And unidentif and unidentified sex workers never took priority. Ugh. Such a bummer. Rough time for yeah. New York. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I feel dangerous like... Dangerous city back then. Yeah. I mean, it's still dangerous, but I mean, I feel like, you know, it, if you're a... If you're a sex worker and you're an unidentified sex worker or an addict, they kind of like Back don't of care. The list, yeah. They're like, if it was like a millionaire, they'd be like, oh, yes, we have to find out who did this. But sure. yeah. Anyway. um, So his ninth victim mm -hmm. was actually found before both Lorraine and Marianne. Uh, Ripken couldn't remember her name, actually. So all he... <laughs> Or, yeah, that she just she's just a number to him. I um, like unidentified knife I, woman. I know. I he all he could remember was that she had tattoos and the fact that she fought back while he strangled her. Good for her. So tatted feisty ninth woman. She was killed sometime in the winter of nineteen ninety two, then dismembered and put into his last oil drum. Which winter of ninety two? The winter of ninety two. But is it like January or December? I'm pretty sure, well, the last one was killed in January, so it's January. January. Or possibly February. I was being born unto the world. Yeah, so you were being born unto the world, and he was murdering women. It was just, you know, good times all Circle around. of life. All right, so... Mm -mm. He dropped her into Brooklyn's Newtown Creek. Ooh, Newtown Creek. Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn's Newtown Creek. Yeah, you know, it's actually... um. As opposed uh, to the Old Town Creek. I'm going to drive my horse to the Old Town Creek. 
Is that a real song? No, I'm, I'm thinking of little Lil Nas X's Old Town Road. Okay, that's different. Yes. Uh, uh, Newtown Creek uh, actually goes into, uh, there's a part of it, uh, if we're talking about the uh, kind of drainage area, there's a part that goes from Manhattan as well. Great. Covers Speaking a of, of drainage area. areas. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. So, uh, River separates it. Great. Well, the barrel was found floating with her foot sticking out of it on May 13th, 1992. And at this point, uh, police assumed that she was a drug mule because she had a lot of cocaine in her system. So they thought uh, she was killed when the condoms filled with drugs in her stomach ruptured. Burst, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know where they got the condom idea from. I don't think she well, had Well, uh, technically, if it was an old condom that had been rubbing around in a wallet for a bit of time, the latex wears down. Yeah, but I don't think they ever found condoms, so I don't know where they were getting that from. Well. I, I mean, I don't think she had condoms in her stomach. When they burst inside, yeah. Either, I, any I way know. you look I, at I, it, it, didn't, it didn't that's specify. trouble. It didn't specify that, but I, don't, I assume that random women getting strangled don't have condoms in their stomach. Unless that's another side thing they do on the side. Is so they were like, she's filled with cocaine. Oh, the condom broke. Yeah, I guess that's what their that's what their reasoning was. Man, that, that men she don't was, understand women, do they? That she was a drug mule and probably working for like the mob or something, I'm and sorry. like men don't got understand. murdered because of it, or or either that or she died unexpectedly and then someone put her in an oil drum. But I mean, uh, uh, that's what happens if you die unexpectedly. Yeah, you get put in an oil drum. <laughs> I was like, that's okay. What the hell is wrong with this? Oh uh, yeah, I, well these are the police. This is not. <laughs> the hell is wrong with these guys? All right. Well, so, oh, what the hell is wrong with the police? Don't get me started. Yeah, well, let's not go there. We don't have enough time for this. That's that. episode. We don't have time thir to that's get lucky into that. episode thirteen. We don't have enough time to get into that. Um, and so yeah, but they didn't realize that until Joel was arrested that they made a mistake. Oops. The condom didn't break. Uh huh. Okay. So also in spring of 1992, Joel decides to go back to school at good old SUNY Farmingdale. His landscaping business had bit the dust, and he was... Oh, His landscaping business went under. Yeah, I said bit the dust, though. Under the ground. Uh, I thought mine was good, but okay. Bit the dust. I like bit the dust. Landscaping, dust, dust dirt. Yeah, dirt. Yeah, yeah, bit the dirt. Okay, yeah. well, you know what? I tried. And he owed his landlord $700 in back rent, so... In 92 times, $700 is like what we pay now. What like fourteen fifty something like that. So yeah, he cut. 15? Yeah, he cut most of his classes though again, and chose to spend time <laughs> repairing his truck, renting, porn, and trolling for victims. I don't want to say he's good at cutting things, but classes is the easiest. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you less messy. I mean? He didn't have to put the class in a barrel. No, that's fair. Somebody had to say. All right. Well, on Mother's Day weekend, he finds... Oh. Yeah, I guess I think his... I'm not sure. If Terrible his, timing. Um, he Well, Mother's Day weekend, he's not out getting a gift. He finds 25-year-old Iris Sanchez on First Avenue. We're talking third Sunday in May? Mm, something like that. Uh, he took off from his part-time gig at an East Meadow liquor store. Oh, he's working at a liquor store. Yep. Picked you know, up, I apply to the liquor store. He picked up Iris in the daytime in broad daylight and drove her to a Manhattan housing project down by where Macy's has the fireworks. I didn't do that. No. And strangled her during sex. No. How romantic. <laughs> I didn't do that. Uh, and then he drove across the Brooklyn Bridge to an illegal dumping site 200 feet off Rockaway Boulevard and wedged her body underneath a rotting mattress. I thought I was going to say he, he went across the Brooklyn Bridge to an illegal dumping site, a.k.a. Brooklyn. I think, um, no, I think, well, that's in Queens. Rockaway Boulevard, at that point he's in Queens. Brooklyn Bridge I think, to Queens? Or, I don't know. It was a different New York thing. Or, I don't know. It was a different well, it said, thing. Or maybe, okay, it wasn't, well, I think well, that, that might have been a different one. Where Rockaway Boulevard might go from Brooklyn all the way down to Rockaway. Well, it in like Queens. um. Don't forget. It said that JFK was visible from there. The president. 
JFK, the airport. 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 I don't know where. Sorry. Where is JFK again? JFK Airport. Isn't it in Queens? It, it is. Yes, the bottom of Queens. Okay, so it's in that area. So you know when you're, uh, you know the casino. No. Okay. Well, that's what you mean the aqueduct racetrack aqueduct racetrack it's on the other side i believe okay but that's still queens yeah so i jfk I, is in queens i don't know if it was in there queens, are no but airports. it said it said you could see jfk from there you know what i'll visible. settle this by saying there are no airports in brooklyn all right well that was what i was that's why i assumed it was queens you can probably see an airport from anyway so i'm not sure if it was brooklyn or queens that's brooklyn. my fault uh either way illegal dumping site he shouldn't have been there. Yeah, so he took her watch and her jewelry with him, and she wasn't found until June 1993, and that's only mm. because he drew police a map. That's a year later. Yeah, but that's after he was, like, arrested. And he and drew them a map. He drew yeah. them a you map. You are, he put a red X, you are yeah, here. Yeah, they, they didn't find her yeah. otherwise. Um, you are here, she is here. Yeah, so. One of those maps. That yeah. hiding space actually worked uh, for him, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um... Joel's next victim. He's still at it? Yeah. Oh, we, wait. We, oh, he's been caught oh, in 90. You did a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, he does get caught. So he's been spoiler caught. Spoiler alert, yeah. he's been caught. We're working up to him being caught. Okay. Spoiler alert, he's been caught. Okay. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have known that he did all these things. Um, I don't like that there's a next victim. Hold on. There's a lot more. No. <laughs> or a fair amount. What are you doing to me? I know. He, he was real busy. This is like his. This is the worst. This is his acceleration period. If you watch Criminal Minds, they'll be like, "Oh, he's escalating." This is when he's escalating. He's escalating. He's escalating, because he's doing them like pretty soon consecutively, one mm-hmm. after another. His next victim was Anna Lopez, and she was a thirty-three-year-old sex worker with three children from three no. different fathers. <laughs> no. However, she mainly no. worked the streets to fuel her coke addiction. So many people love her, though. Oh, I know. It was, it was sad that she had kids. Oh, she's involved with so many. And, no, I don't mean the soda. Oh, her coke addiction. Her coke addiction. Oh, right, not, yeah. the, not the soda. Uh, except that's where the, you know, the term comes from. You know. Coca-Cola? Soda used to have coke in it. Alright, so he picked her up on May 25th, 1992. On Memorial Day in Queens on Atlantic Memorial Avenue. Day. That's our anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary. Um, oh, no. This is 18 years before. This is 18 years before. No, this is more than 18 okay. years. This, um, is, uh, this is 20-something years. This is when you were... 24 years before we knew each other. Yeah. Uh, wait, I didn't meet you when you were six. You didn't meet me when I was six. No. But... You did meet me when I was 24. Okay, I don't know math. I'm sorry, it's late and I'm tired. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. Uh, Sarah's dumb. All right, it's fine. Moving on. Okay. So they drove to a residential street nearby, and so Joel could choke Anna out. <laughs> no. Well, no. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely too soon. So then he drove overnight to Brewster, New York, in Putnam County. I don't know why he decided he'd go that far away. Um, and he dumped her body along the I-84. And her body was found the next day. So, I mean, he drove all the way that Side of the road? Yeah. The he, highway. Yeah, he just drove all the way up there and then left it on the side of the road, which I What's his don't barrel understand. doing? Uh, so no, no, the, no barrels, barrel. the barrels are done. What's his body doing here? So, yeah, he just dumped her body on the side of the road. Just at night. I guess. Uh, or he drove... No, he drove through the night to go, like, up to, like, upstate New York. Near but Put- it would be visible. In Putnam County, and then dumped her body on the side of the road. Which is probably why I was found the next day, because it was, like... Out right of where he left it. Yeah. Um, his next victim, Violet O'Neill, was only 21 years old when Joel picked her up and brought her to his mother's house in East Meadow. He strangled her and dismembered her corpse in his bathtub. <laughs> no. Yeah. What is this? Um, yeah, that was the first victim he brought back to his mother's house since the, like, I think the very beginning when we first started killing. Do we have to? It's late. Let's go to sleep. So he dumped her torso in the Hudson River covered in black plastic, and the rest of her was stuffed into a suitcase. 
I don't like it. I know. It's not fun. You, that's what you do, though, right? You take the hands and head and feet. I mean, I guess are you referring to that Robert Durst documentary? Bye bye, mommy. Well, that's what he did with that. They guy. couldn't find Douglas. <laughs> anyway, so um, his next victim was uh, R.I.P. Robert Durst. Ro yeah, well, he was an awful person. So, so not R.I.P. Robert Durst. Rotten hell, bastard. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> So his next victim was Mary Catherine Williams, and she was 31. Mary Catherine Gallagher. No, Mary Catherine Williams. Superstar. Well, she was a former high school homecoming queen. and Just like Mary Catherine Gallagher. Mary oh, she's a cheerleader. Is this a cheerleader? No. A teacher? I'm, I'm talking about the Molly Shannon. I Catholic. know. She, was, she went to a Catholic school. Oh. But I don't know where you're getting all this other stuff. It relates loosely. But uh, this this Mary Catherine this Mary Catherine was a cheerleader. Uh, yeah. She was a homecoming queen and a cheerleader from yeah. North Carolina. She married a professional football player in hmm. 1986. Really? Yep. And then got a divorce a year later. So this is one of Did those. Did it say who? No. Yeah. This is one of these um, situations where she moved to New York City to become an actress, but instead she became a drug addict and a sex worker. And one of these one of these situations where I'm suddenly invested in who this football player is. I mean, who? As far as I know, he didn't Wit. tie, so I don't. I think that's irrelevant. Who is the man? Um, Joe Montana. I don't know. So, um, and he had actually Joel had actually dated Mary Catherine. Dated. I use that term loosely, like taken her out. You know, bought sex from sex, her. Yeah. Before. Uh, he take, she took him out twice before, and he picked her up for the last time on October 2nd, 1992. So she, like, knows him, feels comfortable with him. Yeah, she's like, oh, this nerdy guy. Nah. Yeah. I don't like that. So he bought her a fix, so he brings her drugs. Oh, yeah. And then she passes out in his mom's car. Mm -mm. And so when she's passed out, he tries choking her, but then she wakes up, and she kicks so hard that the gear shift snapped off. But then Joel eventually smothered her, and she dies. A stick uh, shift, right? Yeah, she kicked now off. Now it's a real manual car. <laughs> she kicked off the stick shift, but that was interesting. Be like, Mom, I'm sorry, I was jerking off the stick shift and it fell off. She thought that was clutch. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then so then he drove her to Yorktown near Westchester. But she's dead. Yeah. And then she was found a couple of months later on December 21st, 1992. Mm-hmm. He strangled her in his pickup after having sex with her, but Jenny was a fighter. God damn it. Mm -hmm. She broke all ten of her fingernails when she clawed at his face and neck. Snap, 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 snap. After he was done, he rolled her into the Harlem <laughs> River nearby where he dumped Sun Lee. Mm. Sun Lee. Um, or, how's it written it's s-u-n oh sun lee sun lee but i don't know if it's soon lee is like a combination of soon ye and sun lee okay well i don't want to butcher this poor you don't want to combine those two uh she's already she's already dead i don't want to butcher her name too um sun lee all right so jenny's body was found the next day jennifer's body starring uh what's her face Megan Fox. Megan Fox. All right. Well, this Jenny's body was found the next day and ID'd from her fingerprint records from her last arrest. Okay. Well, I mean, she was a sex worker, so that's generally legal. So she looks, has a, That yeah. does happen. Um, All right, but they found out who she is. Yeah, but the cops initially thought that her ex-boyfriend was responsible, so they were kind of like thinking, oh, he probably oh, did it. Oh, imagine that. The cops are mistaken. You know what? Episode 13. Yeah. So, 
after a kid, the good thing about this is, well, what's the good, good thing about well, the silver lining from this is uh, Jenny gave him like after he killed Jenny, his acceleration period ended. Oh wait, he gets a disease. No, oh. um, he should have. Um, I don't know how he had sex with as many women with that were HIV positive and didn't get a disease, but you know that's beside the point, or just that many sex workers in general. Um. So after he killing Jenny, uh, his acceleration period ended because he had these strange, embarrassing wounds to explain all over his face and his neck. And it was 15 weeks before he struck again. And his first victim of 1993 was Leah. I don't know if it's Evans or Evans. <laughs> Evans. Leah Evans. We know Leah Evans. We know Leah. This is Leah Evans. Leah Evans. Even Stevens. Yeah, it's spelled like even Stevens. She was a 28-year-old sex worker who lived with her mother in Brooklyn. She was also a mother of two whose father abandoned them. And um, so she found solace in drugs and worked the streets to keep herself, quote-unquote, well, as she put it. Or, I guess, assuming that's how she put it. Fixed. Um... We don't know. We can't On the right dose. Uh, So on February 27th, 1993, Joel picked her up and drove her to an abandoned parking lot. No. Even started taking off her clothes, but then she stopped and asked for more privacy. She felt a little embarrassed. Privacy. A little privacy, sir. And Joel did not grant her request, so she started to cry, and then he strangled her, so... Really? You know, he seems reasonable. Yeah, he's not a sensitive guy. Seems like a reasonable, sensitive guy. Not really. Then he drove to the far... I misread him, then. Then he drove to the far eastern end of Long Island and buried her in the woods. Episode and a half, and I have no clue who this guy is. Yeah, so she was discovered by hikers on May 9th when they spotted a withered hand coming out of the ground. She will become one herself. What's that from? Uh, Dracula Dead and Living. Oh, Dracula Dead and Living. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Watch it. Uh, Leslie Nielsen is Dracula. It's amazing. And he's dead and loving it. Exactly. I haven't seen it. You know what? Show it to me. All right, well... Later. We'll need a good laugh after this story, probably. Oh. Please. All right. This lemon water's not doing it. Yep. Okay, so then it came 28-year-old Lauren Marquez. And Joel picked her up on April 2nd, 1993, on 2nd Avenue. April Fool. No, I wish. April 2nd, uh, 1993. 12 years before my bar mitzvah. Twelve years before Charlie's bar mitzvah, everybody. Just just so you know. To the day. Putting that out there. Uh so they drove to a point near the Manhattan Bridge. He clutched at Dumbo. her No. Oh. He clutched at her throat the minute they stopped the car. But then he saw a man walking his dog nearby the car and he mm-hmm. like got distracted for a second and he almost let Lauren escape. She fought him and resisted him, strangling her her whole Strangling her, and her, <laughs> shut up, Jeez. until he eventually snapped her neck. No. Yeah. Oh. And then he's. That's like you know what I I hate. This is my problem with like scary movies and uh, scary stories, and very gruesome things where bones snap or necks snap or things get chopped off or things break. Okay. It's hard for me. I'm sorry. It's hard for a lot of people, probably. Oh, okay. And he snapped her neck. He snapped her neck. And then he dumped her body in the Suffolk County Pine Barrens, where the pines are barren. Hmm. You're from New Jersey. You know a thing or two about Pine Barrens. What does that mean? Uh, there's a lot of Pine Barrens in New Jersey. They're barren pines? Yeah, there's a lot of down. Does when that you mean get, that the pines themselves can't produce trees? I believe it means that the ground around them is sandy and dry. Oh, great! And only <laughs> pines grow there. And only pines grow. Yeah, you've ever been to the pine barrens? No. Like when you drive across, drive I mean, along I, the Jersey where, Shore. Isn't that where the Jersey Devil lives? It could be. Yeah, it is said to be. Yes. Oh well, I haven't been there. When you there's a bunch of pine barrens. When you drive along the Jersey Shore, there's like uh, if you go a little bit of inland, there's golf courses that are nestled in the pine barrens. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't play golf. Um, <laughs> yeah, seems like I'm talking to no one here. Well, I don't play golf unless it's miniature golf with like pirate yeah. ships and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or like a, a, I love a good windmill. Yeah, you, you, you're getting better at miniature golf. Thank you. You're really improving. Great. Thanks, buddy. Okay. All right. The moment we've all been waiting for. What? Joel's last victim. The end of this episode? No, maybe. So, Joel's last victim, uh, Tiffany Bresciani, was from Metairie, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. She moved to New York City to become an actress and a dancer. An actrice. Yes, and sadly she ended up getting addicted to heroin. And no. Only performed to strangers and strip clubs and cars. No. Yeah, so Rifkin found her on June 24th, 1993. She was his second lady of the evening mm. on that night. And his fourth... Did he kill the other one on that night? No, I don't, I don't think so. Because the last one was killed on the April 2nd. So okay. he doesn't kill all of them. I don't know how he picks and chooses, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know how you, that's, uh, don't, you know what? I, I don't I'm know. Not gonna I can't, I can't. I'm not going to speculate. I, I can't. You'd have to ask him. Then I might pick and choose. Um, so he picked her up on Allen Street and drove her to the New York Post's parking lot, as in the newspaper. We've all driven angrily to the New York Post before. That's nothing new. I mean, uh, that's, no, that's nothing good in, happens there. That's called, nothing good happens at the New York Post, I'll tell you well, that's, that. That's true. Called being in New York or anything. anyway, um, maybe then if it was the New York Times, I'd be like, no, decent stuff. Back then, there. it wasn't the failing New York Times; um, it was the up and coming New York Times. Well, that was back when people read newspapers. That's all we had. Ah, uh, uh, paper. Anyway, um, so he strangled her at five thirty a.m. early morning. Just as the sun was coming up. Yeah, so afterwards he drove back to East Meadow, but not before making a quick pit stop to buy some rope and a tarp at the store. All while Tiffany's body was sprawled out in the back of his mom's car. Mm. But that was easy to explain. Um, so by the time he got home, he had her wrapped up in the tarp with the rope, with the rope in yeah. the trunk with Colonel Mustard. Uh, with the rope and the tarp in the trunk. Yes. Mr. Green. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as soon as he got home, Joel's mother demanded her keys back because she's like, I have to go shopping. And so she took her keys and Who left. Who got tomato sauce all over my car? And left for 30 minutes with Tiffany's body chilling in the trunk, just like low-key, just chilling back there. I guess it's lucky that she didn't put any of the groceries Back in the yeah, trunk. Yeah, what did you put the groceries in the trunk? I, I don't know. I guess she just... I don't know what she was shopping for. Hopefully not too many things because she didn't put it in the trunk because she didn't notice that the body was there. So um, so his, when his mom gets home and Joel gets over his little mini anxiety attack, he moves Tiffany's body from the trunk to the garage uh, inside of a wheelbarrow. And then he kind of goes into like a fugue state and like doesn't recall or like doesn't do anything about the body for the next three days. So he spends the next three days working on his truck. And won't it, it, won't it de decompose? Yes. It start to smell? And it's the middle of, like, the summer. It's hot. So it's hot. The smell of Tiffany's rotting corpse. You know what smells really good? A wafting, hot, rotting corpse. Wafting through the air. And then, so finally, on June 28th, 1993, at 3.15 a.m., New York State Troopers, Sean Ruin, Ruin, Ruin? Um, he's like, coming in to ruin the day. Ruin, Ruin. It's spelled like Dwayne. But with an Dwayne R. Reed, but with the R. With an Rain R. Dweed. So, and Deborah's Spargrin. Oh, Deborah's, uh, oh, there's two A's. Spargrin. So it's Spargrin, but there's two A's. Spargrin? I don't know. Anyway. Evens. Okay. So they were patrolling the Southern State Parkway on Long Island when a Mazda pickup without a rear license plate drives by. When they put the on their all flash... new Mazda pickup. No license plate, fast car. <laughs> I guess. 
Oh, I mean, as fast as a pickup truck can be. I'm gunning for Will Arnett's job. How am I doing? Oh, great. All right. So when they put on their flashing red lights, the driver doesn't stop. So they try like going over the loudspeaker, people are like, sir, please pull over or, you know. Yeah, this is what the police This sounds like the police. Or something. I don't know. I, I've never been like had a bullhorn come out the window. To be pull like, over. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know they did that. Um, <laughs> I just usually am like, lights, ah, panic. Um, lights, ah, panic. That's what I say when I get on stage. Lights, ah, panic. So uh, that made the driver accelerate more. Who's the driver? I'm getting to that. And speed down the next off-ramp into Wanta. Wanta. Wanta, as in Long Island. So they call for backup, and it's like five cars are chasing after. I need some backup. Yeah. Two more cars to They're like five cars are running, chasing after this pickup. That's crazy. At like 90 miles an hour. Uh-huh. And they drive around for like 21 minutes. They're chasing this Mazda, and then it crashes into a telephone pole. This is the early 90s? Yeah. Should have been, uh, there's also a white uh, Bronco at this time. Is that what the OJ thing? Right, isn't it? I guess. I don't know. I didn't, I was alive during that time, but I don't remember it very well. My uh, mother watched it. It was her show. <laughs> Great. We called it her show, her program. My brother, Joel. Ah. Uh, uh, Mommy, your show's on. Mommy, the America's Most Wanted is on. OJ's on. The officer, so they pulled the driver out of the car and ID'd him from his license as Joel David Rifkin. Mm, they got him. Got him for speeding. <laughs> uh, he looked visibly disheveled and had a thick layer of noxema covering his mustache, which is like... What's noxema? It's like, you know, um, it's like... It's like, I think... And, it's, and, then she, and then she showed up with a thick layer of noxema. Well, it's like a skincare brand that they make like face wash and creams and stuff like that. So like, um, he got the idea to put it over his mustache because of the movie Silence of the Lambs, when the um. It puts the lotion on the mustache. No. Say no more. No, the scene where um Clarice Sterling is. No, they're going into it, examine a body, and they put um noxema underneath their nose to like. Oh, to ward the, the smell. The smell of yeah, the body yeah. decomposing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sounds of Lambs. I fell asleep during that movie. How did you fall asleep during that movie? I was very drunk. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the officers informed him that they were pulling him over for no rear license plate. And he's like, well, for I no real license plate. No rear license plate. Uh, he had one. He's like, well, I don't know what happened it to it. Off. It was on the truck when I left. Um, so, and then the officers... Damn it, that's why they call it a Mazda pickup. Where'd it go? And so then the officers notice, there's a weird kind of stinky smell coming from the back of this truck. So, we're gonna go check that out. And they peel back... Stinky smell in the back. They peel back the blue tarp and find Tiffany's naked decomposing body. Uh-uh. The officers turned to Rifkin and whoa, asked him what whoa. she was doing there, and he said... You got a permit for this? He said... She was a prostitute. I picked her up on Island Street in Manhattan. I had sex with her, then things went bad, and I strangled her. Do you think I need a lawyer? He said all that? Yes. And then, do you think I need a lawyer? Yes. Well, not now. Jesus I was like, Christ. no, not at all. He just murdered a prostitute. It's fine. Well, well not now, though. Um, so they take him to Hempstead. Shut up. So like, they're, even, <laughs> even their even elbowing him. Shut up. Uh, I, um, yeah, I was like, so they took him to Hempstead. She she wakes up. Shut up. And then goes over. Oh, no. Then, oh, sadly, no. <laughs> Too um, far. And so the homicide detectives began interrogating him at 8.25 a.m. They interrogated him for eight hours without a lawyer. That's actually, you know what he, he uh, they, they got, you know what he should have done? It's called speeding the fifth, you know. That's, uh, <laughs> wow. That's what it should have been called. Speeding the fifth? I speed the fifth on this one. Oh, do you speed the fifth on this one? Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. If you ever uh, need a lawyer That's when you speed and have something to say. Alright. Well, I don't know what... Yeah. If you ever, like, uh, happen to get a speeding ticket while murdering someone, just drive... Speed the fifth. Drive away. Um, Or something. 
So they interrogate him for eight eight solid hours without a lawyer. Joel later claims that's good cop. That's enough time for six good cops. This is like a six bad jobs episode of making a murderer, but it, this actually is a murder. I da dum da da da. That's Law and Order. Oh, damn it! What am I? <laughs> so Joel later claims that he asked for a lawyer several times, but was denied. So the trans, but the like, transcript I think you said says buddy. that he was offered one and he said no. So you know we're not sure who to believe in this particular situation. I mean, it's not like to say that. That cops... sounds that sounds like the police. We're not sure who to believe. I mean, it's not sure. Yeah, okay. It's not. It's not like the police don't lie about these things, but because uh, it looks better for them if they didn't like not demand it like not give him his right to a counsel or whatever but he kind of already confessed to murdering someone earlier you know what else sounds like the police what Roxy you don't have to put on a red <clears throat> don't sing anymore <laughs> uh okay don't stand so okay so he described all 17 of the murders he committed like in detail he referred to them as events or incidents and only referred to his victims by number because he didn't like remember their names most of the time um that's so, gotta be confused the guy comes back with a it says here three four six, six eight seven. well actually they uh this was like kind of confused the police because they accidentally uh counted mary Catherine williams twice no. <laughs> So, um, she, they thought he murdered 18 people, but it was really only 17 because he they counted her twice. And he like laughed at them and pointed it out. He's like, Oh, you guys, uh, you guys can't was. follow my numeric system of women. We've been over this one, two, so six and eight are the same. Nine, when he gets arrested at Hempstead and brought to Hempstead initially, but police phoned his mother and they're like joel has been arrested in a traffic accident do you know where your children are but then they later said that oh no it was a crime but she doesn't know what the crime was they don't tell her anything but it wasn't too long before she found out um at 9 a.m there was a news broadcast and the police like released all this information to the press so they like were like just right away just, yeah i don't know there was no like this guy's this schlub sitting in the room asking like joel david rifkin was arrested today for uh for having a dead prostitute in the back of his truck they go back in the room grab a donut grab a coffee yeah we're working on his lawyer <laughs> someone spits our coffee out. so she so the mother calls her lawyer who referred to her to robert's I guess it's Sal or So she has Sale. a lawyer. Uh, let me read this name. Robert Sale. Yeah. And ah, Robert, get back in your sale. Yeah. <laughs> it's Delphine. Okay, so Robert Sales. Uh, Robert the, Sales. The sale on Roberts is... Um, There's a sale on Robert and aisle five. A sale on Robert and aisle five. Right. Hold the mail. Robert Sale. Uh, so he calls the police station at like 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon, demanding that they stop the interrogation. But the police, of course, didn't listen because, you know, why would they? They don't listen to anybody but themselves. Actually, no, Robert Sale, uh, uh, um, contrary to his name, very expensive lawyer. Very expensive very lawyer. Expensive he was not on sale at he all. He was not on sale. Yeah, very <laughs> Charged double. Okay. Charged double for this one. It was um, not on sale. So they didn't listen to it. In fact, it t I think they they didn't stop the interrogation for like at least another hour after he had said like, don't interrogate my client any longer. Um, like, yeah, yeah, we haven't. Keep him talking. Okay, so at 8 p.m. Suspects don't talk. 8 p.m. that night, the police finally, the police get a warrant, go to his house, present it to his mother, and, um, search the entire property so after six hours of searching what was on the property the two well they were searching the house the two-story house they find anything in the house mm -hmm. oh, they left Lord. with at least 228 <laughs> items including 75 pieces of women's jewelry photographs of several identified unidentified women various pieces of women's clothing makeup cases and several of his victims driver's licenses the they, whole kitten caboodle. They also found three ounces of Tiffany's blood in the wheelbarrow in the garage. 
So three ounces. Yeah. It's a lot of. It's like a little pool of blood. Yeah. So a fair amount of evidence. So on June twenty ninth, nineteen ninety three, at nine a.m., Robert Sale met his client for the first time to appear before Judge John Kingston. And make- I thought you said Judge John Heisman. I was like, I was ready for this. No, John Kingston. Oh, that's a different podcast. As they entered a pro- Maximum Fun Network. You want to sponsor us? Bring us on? <sighs> Go ahead. We should call this the Maximum Interrupting Network. Okay. We're back to our bullshit. <laughs> they entered a preliminary plea of not guilty for Tiffany's murder, even though he said, uh, I murdered this prostitute. Do you think I need a lawyer? Yeah, yeah, but he's not guilty. But he's not guilty. No. Hey, with our legal system, they'll find him not guilty. Yeah, well, um, I don't think even our legal system can screw this up that much. But did um, we? Did we screw Yeah, I'm getting up? to that. Okay. Okay. So, Sale didn't even bother trying to bail out Joel because he was like, this is not going to happen. So... He left him in jail. Sale, bail, um, jail. He did get a two-week postponement of the arraignment, though, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joel was then transferred to the Nassau County Correctional Facility in mm-hmm. East Meadow. Mm-hmm. And he was arraigned for Tiffany's murder on July 15th, 1993. Mm-hmm. Again, he pleads not guilty. Not guilty. And Sale was hoping to get the detailed confession thrown out since the cops interrogated him. The detailed with, Without counsel present. Oh. Um, but he oh, that is a uh, is that a crime? Is yeah, well, he was trying to say convinced. He was trying to prove that they didn't give they waived his rights to an attorney, and that they didn't uh, inform him of his Miranda rights, which can like get things yeah. thrown out of court. Yeah. But I don't think the judge listened or <laughs> just didn't care. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, he didn't succeed, so he tried to have uh, the various murder charges kind of consolidated into one local trial in Nassau County to see if. Mm-hmm. Joel could plead not guilty by reason of insanity because mm-hmm. um, the murder charges obviously were not all in Long Island. They were the murders were committed widespread. Yeah, yeah. So probably not one jurisdiction. Um, and so a formal hearing was scheduled for November, but Joel ended up firing Sale and got two new lawyers: former Nassau County ADA Michael Shoshnik. Soshnik? Go ahead. And his partner, John Lawrence. John Lawrence? John Lawrence. Not the... That's uh, John Lawrence from Hamilton? Anyway, he's long dead. Uh, I don't think so, but <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, just talk, talk about Mr. Mushnik? Okay, Michael Soshnik. Oh, Michael Soshnik. Former Nassau County ADA. Hmm. Um... So on November 8th, 1990, I don't know how he got to be on the uh, ADA if he's this bad of a lawyer, but, yeah. um, so on November 8th, 1993, the Honorable Judge Ira Wexner, mm-hmm, yeah, pres- real Jewish, presided over the suppression hearing where Joel's new lawyers tried to have his confessions thrown out. From again. one Jew to another? Um, Wexner to Ripken? As well as the initial admission to Tiffany's murder when the police pulled him over that day. But halfway through the hearing, Shoshnik uh, offered his client a sweetheart deal. If he would enter a blanket guilty plea, he would get 46 years to life for all 17 murders. And Joel was all like, no, nah, I'm not going to take that. Because uh, he was thinking, I'll just get off. I'll just, on the insanity defense, they'll think I'm crazy. And then I want him to do jail time. How much jail time was he offered? 40 to life? 46 years to life. 46 to life. Yeah. But he did commit 17 murders, so... And 46 divided by 17, roughly two and two thirds. Yeah. Two and. Not enough time at all. 79? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not enough time at all. Not Especially for at this all. Dude. So um, he didn't take it, though, because he thought he was going to get off on the insanity defense. Asshole. Uh, That's insane. Yeah, that is insane. That's the only insane thing with about him. Thinking that, that, that is he insane. thought he was going to get off on the yeah. insanity defense. That's the insane part. So on June twenty third, nineteen ninety three, 
So as the hearing went on, Sasha Nick repeatedly would show up late and unprepared, and his partner Lawrence would miss whole days of the court. He's drunk. I'm waiting. I don't to call. know why I'm he just missed a whole bunch of days of. I've been of court. ready to call and slosh Nick for. I don't know if he was drunk, but he showed up late and unprepared. I guess he his heart wasn't really in it, and I wouldn't be in it either if I was defending this terrible person. Mm. Um, but by March 1994. Judge Wexner rejected the defense motions and decided to send Joel straight to trial in mid-April. So he was like, I don't even want to hear any more of this crap from your defense lawyers. They're never showing up on time. They're not here. We're just going <laughs> to send you straight to trial. Uh, I don't let's, care if we have enough evidence. Let's get this show on the road. Or whatever. I mean, like, they did have a lot of evidence, though, so it's not like they wouldn't have gone to trial. Anyway. Let's get this one over with. So... Joel's uh, celebrating this news by firing Soshnik and, yeah, and thus leaving Lawrence to fend for himself, even though he had no criminal defense experience, like, on his own at all. So, uh, jury selection for the first trial began on April 11th, 1994, mm. and a panel of seven men and five women were selected. And opening seven. arguments began April 20th, the prosecutor, Fred Klein, described Rifkin as a sexual sadist who relished in his victim's suffering. True. And he said he got caught red-handed and now he's abusing the concept of Literally. mental illness. True. Very true. Very literal, very true. Lawrence's defense to yeah. this was that his client was a paranoid schizophrenic mm. who lived in the twilight zone. Overwhelmed by his violent, irresistible compulsion. You're now entering a door. This door is made of something thin. This excuse, perhaps. <laughs> this is the Twilight So, um, Joel spent most of the prosecution's argument sleeping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's tired. He tuckered himself is, out. You can tell he's very remorseful he's all, about this. He's all tuckered he's out. He's very, very... <laughs> upset that he's done all these bad things. Irish, don't wake him. Um, and Lawrence explained this away by being like, he had an a he has an allergy to bologna sandwiches that he's eating in jail, and they make him really tired. That's the bread, though. Don't... <laughs> I'm not gonna say that's wrong, like, because bread what? does That defense make... is almost as, as weak as this case. Does, bread does make you tired. That... Although I do think, much like the sandwiches... They're full of bologna. <laughs> Is that was that the end? Can I? No, no. Damn it! Uh, Such a good ending. So Barbara Kerwin, a Long Island psychiatrist, described Joel's psych eval as quote the most pathological she'd seen in twenty years. <laughs> okay. So. What you're gonna say, Barbara Kerwin, psychic, Long um, Island medium? No. Uh, -huh. uh, Dr. Park Dietz, who also served Park as... Dietz. Park Dietz. How about Park Dietz nuts? He also served as a witness to... No. I keep trying to end this damn thing. Stop parking your nuts. What? Please. This is a children's show. No, it's not. <laughs> God, I hope not. Go on. Uh, Dr. Park Dietz. Dietz nuts. Dietz um, nuts. Yeah, go on. Who served as a witness to the prosecution for the cases against Arthur Shawcross, Jeffrey Dahmer, and John Hinckley said Ripken was sick, but not insane. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he did it. <laughs> and he did it, okay? Who did it better, Dahmer or Ripken? Well, Dahmer ate people. I wouldn't put it past Ripken, though. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He put him in oil drums, but still, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't put it past them. Um, the jury agreed with Dietz's testimony, and on May 9th, 1994, they returned with a guilty verdict. See? And Wexner sentenced him. Well, they had heard the deeds. Okay, can we... No. Wexner sentenced him to 25 years to life for murder, plus two and one-third to seven to years on a lesser charge. Yeah. Which, I guess, was speeding? I don't know. Um, the lesser charge... Um, disposing hmm. of a body, uh, illegal Life, dumping, kidnapping, uh, um, uh, uh, stealing, grand larceny. No, the, uh, the lesser charge was illegal dumping or um, stealing Sol oil solicitation? drums. Solicitation. Solicitation and stealing oil drums. Um, stealing oil drums. 
So before sentencing, Rifkin was transferred Criminal to Michigan. Sure, Suffolk County to be tried for the Evans and Marquez killings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he pleaded guilty to both of those two, yeah. and was also sentenced to twenty-five years to life for both. Oh, for those. In addition to he's not getting out. Yeah, in addition to those. Is he out? Years, no. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, in November, he also pleaded guilty to the Sanchez murder in Queens and the murder of Orviedo, Holloman, and the Jane Doe. By 1996, January 1996, altogether, he was set to serve 183 years for seven murders. Mm-hmm. So, a while. That's too many. Um, You've done it. I bet you the 46 years seems like a good deal now. Um, Should have taken it. <laughs> it's I mean, off the table. Well, it's off the table, exactly. In fact, they offered that to a guy who murdered 17 people to begin with. It was a little bit insane to me, but... Hey. Um, I guess the 90s, they just didn't give a shit then. <laughs> with inflation, actually, the 46 uh, to life is 183 now to life. <laughs> is that a good ending? No, stop Damn. it. Um, so Judge Robert Hanafi, who passed sentencing for the Sanchez case, said, It is not in my power to give Mr. Rufkin the sentence he deserves. In case there is such a thing as reincarnation, I want you to spend your second life in prison. I, was, I like that guy. Robert Hanafi. That's not Hanafi. Yeah. Killing it. That's nice. Killing it with the zingers. Yeah, yeah um, put put both his lives, his lives. All the lives, lives that he have. I don't put, care how many lives he has left, he's going to be in prison. Put all of his lives in jail, you know what I mean? So in February 1996, he arrived at Attica State Prison with a black eye from being assaulted by fellow inmates at Rikers. They don't like... Uh, they didn't like him in jail either. They don't like him in jail. Uh, he was, was, was not popular in high school and was not popular in jail. Um, he might be popular in jail. Not really. Uh, prison was like a scarier version of high school, actually, for him, with getting constant threats from other convicts. He caused so much disruption that administrators moved him to IPC, which is Involuntary Protective Custody. <laughs> Where prisoners are confined to their cell 23 hours a day. Oof. Uh, I don't know what that one hour time is. Like, they let them go outside. Uh, for yeah, like, like, an a, hour. like a lunch and it's basically like, you know, yard time. Or, or it's like, th that's when they go to the bathroom. Recess. That's when they show oh, You think he got all his meals in the cell? Probably. Probably. Hmm. I don't know. Still, he was allowed up to 10 books to entertain himself. Up to 10. 10 books. Yeah, 10 books. And he did also have all those lawsuits to keep himself busy. So and books on a couple of lawsuits. So. The Orvieto sounds like a Friday night to me. Uh, the Orvieto family sued him on a civil count for Lorraine's wrongful death because he killed sure. her. Sure. Um, yeah. Which is you know fair. And in November 1997, Rifkin sued the prison because the New York Daily News branded him HIV positive, which caused him. Us to be assaulted and that put him in the IPC. So I guess, I guess what? Oh, the him. HIV positive. They, they thought he was gay. No, they did because like a lot him. of the women that he had sex with were HIV positive, and he had stolen some of their AZT pills. So they assumed right. that since he had sex with them, he was also HIV positive. Right. I guess that was never proven. But he's not. Or he is. Surprisingly, I guess not. Matter. I don't know. Who, who cares? You know? Which, but I was like... I feel like I'm focusing on the wrong stuff. Like he should, I mean, honestly, he should be having sex with that many women who had ahead, HIV. Yeah. yeah. Um, in April 1998, he sold some of his artwork oh. in the New York State Legislator's Office in Albany. Oh, we got an artist on our hands. Yeah, in August 1999, he unveiled his plan for the... Oh, you're Jewish. What is that? Okay. The Ohola House. Ohola House. Which was proposed... Wait, this is a... So what do you mean I'm this. Jewish? What is this for? It's, it's a Jewish... What did word. I just say? It's a Hebrew word. Ohola. Yeah. Which was a proposed shelter for sex workers that would provide drug treatment, counseling, medical treatment, and job training. Is this his way of being rehabilitated? I don't know. I think this is like his sick... I don't know the meaning of the word. Like, playground for himself? I don't know. 
he explained that ahola is the hebrew word for sanctuary okay it's also i think there was um i'm gonna uh, get my hebrew dictionary over there i think there was all he also referenced that that was the name of like um a, a sex worker in like the bible yeah bibli bibli in the biblioteca <laughs> biblioteca he thought of this plan as a way of paying back his debt to society. Although most people oppose this idea, especially his idea for a motivation room, which which is where the residents would be shown photos of sex workers who had been murdered on the job to scare them straight. No, no, that's the wrong message. I um he, I like This is what idea. he said about this. Okay, this yeah. is this is his defense for this. Stop hitting me. Okay, well, this is his defense for this. He said, these girls think I can't be touched. Well, 17 girls thought that, and now they're dead. No, no, wrong, wrong. He's, you know what, he's... He's a horrible person. It's a good sentiment, but he's doing it all wrong. I know. Uh, I would start. I would start a person. house, a sanctuary for sex workers, but I wouldn't put the killer's name on it at all, anywhere. If he wants to, like, just know that he did something good at all in his heart, I wouldn't brand it as, you know... A, Famous sex worker killers, sex worker house. You know, like. Oh, also, I feel like he said these girls think I can't be touched, and I was like, no, I think they can. You just gotta pay the money first. I am touching cost extra. Um, kissing cost extra. Oh, kissing cost extra. Um, it's too intimate. Well, I learned that from pretty women. I think. Um, oh no, I just I just thought about what would have happened if uh, Richard Gere was Joel Rifkin in Pretty Woman. <laughs> Uh, that would be a much different movie. Um, crazy. Anyway. So, he tried unsuccessfully to get out of solitary confinement. Unsuccessfully. Yeah, he's yeah. stuck in there, and I don't care, and that's good for him. Good. He should be there. And in June 2000, he was transferred from Attica to the Clinton Correctional Facility at Danamora, a.k.a. the Siberia of New York prisons, no. <laughs> because it's isolated in the Adirondack Mountains. Because it's ice-soiled. Uh, in 2002, uh, the Supreme Court rejects his appeal for convictions Good. for the murders of nine woman, women. Do you know appeals happen in I here? know. I was like, well, who is he kidding? You did it. You confessed to it. Shut up. Remember that one time he said I did it? Yeah. So, and he is currently Hilarious. serving 203 years to life in the Clinton, New York Correctional Facility. And he'll, uh, 203, he'll be out in no time. He'll be eligible for parole in 2197. Oop. It's a little bit of ways from here. And that is the story of Joel well, that's it? David Rifkin. Oh, Joel Weber. Oh, we got out of it. It felt like it was two, 203 years, that story. I know. Jesus it's a Christ. Long story. I'm sorry. Jesus to Christ. All the two hours. And family of yeah, that is horrible, uh, horrible. I don't day. like uh, It goes without saying that I hated all of it. I know it's really rough, um, but we've never done one for New York before, so. Oh uh, yeah, oh great, yeah. I mean, never done one. I know, but I didn't. Never done with my brother. I name didn't. I mean, I did I had never heard of him. Before, my dad's so birthday. Let's not. I didn't know any of this was a thing. But he's. Is this a famous case? I don't know. I mean, actually, this. Because um, we've done cases that are semi-famous, but also. Well, this is like. There's forgotten. a Seinfeld episode about it. No, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let me see. There's a Seinfeld episode. What are you about, talking about? Well, there's a Seinfeld episode where Elaine goes out with a guy named Joel Rifkin. No sex for you. What um, is this? Mm -hmm. This is there's no Seinfeld episode. There is. I'm gonna look it up. Oh. Joel Rifkin Seinfeld. Jerry's in the sense that his new masseuse girlfriend won't give him a massage, even after getting the knots out of Kramer's back. Elaine's new beau oh. has a killer name. Oh, Elaine's bow has it. So. So she dates a guy that's named She dates Joel a guy Rifkin. named Joel. And do they make jokes about it in the episode? Like, that he, he's that's, a murderer? that's a killer's name? Um. Do you find the script of those? Yeah, it says Wiki Sign. Elaine has, is a man whom Elaine dated in The Masseuse. He shares the name of a notorious serial killer named Joel Rifkin. Elaine's co-workers make jokes about his name, which makes Elaine want him to change his oh, name. Oh, yeah. No, that's the thing. Don't not date him. Have him change his name. In a New York Giants game, Joel's name is set over the PA system, causing people to, in the stadium to go into <laughs> okay. big panic. 
Due to this event, Joel decides he needs to change his name because this problem isn't going away, referring to the fact that he shared the name of a serial killer. Elaine and Joel cannot agree on a new name for him. They actually hate each other's suggestions. Joel Rifkin was portrayed by Who's Anthony An Sestaro. Who's Anthony Sestaro? This guy. Yes, I see that guy, but what's he been in? I don't know. Stuff. I know him from The Masseuse, but what else do I know him from? I don't know. I, well, you want me to go into Anthony Sestaro's repertoire of work? His IMDb? You know what? At a later date. Um, if you want to look That's going to be lucky episode 13, where we just Anthony look up Anthony. Anthony in other films and television programs such as Charmed, Witchblade, Friends, Cheers, The Method, along with many more. Hey, he was in Friends. Listen, that's enough for me. And Cheers. And Cheers. So uh, you want to go. Making all, all the sitcom hits. Hey, that's the place you go where everybody knows your name. The Central Park. Central Park. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Central Park. Mm -mm 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 Is that mm -mm 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 it? Can I be excused? Yes, you can be excused. I have to go figure out how to afford the friend's apartment. He's not the murderer scene from Seinfeld. Who? No, I guess Elaine is trying to explain to people that she's not dating a serial killer. <laughs> this Seinfeld episode seems like a Seinfeld episode. Like, I promise it's not the murderer. It's a different guy. That's nice, though. You know, Seinfeld's good at that. They'll take a small problem... Put it in a big situation. They did that in the R&T crime. Where a stadium of people just... They did that in the R&T crime well, now What well. did they do in the R&T? They turned it off and turned it on again. No, well, Jen dates a guy named Peter File, but it's when you say his name, <laughs> Pedophile. Pedophile, it sounds like you're okay. saying pedophile. Heard it immediately. Pedophile, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like... Pedophile, or they say it pedophile. Pedophile. In Britain. Right. Like, he's a little changing it. Pedophile. Mm. Bit awkward. Uh. <laughs> Bit awkward. Yeah. Have you tried turning it off and turning it on again? I don't think that would work for his name. Okay. Turn off your name and turn it back on. All right, well, as both of our stomachs start growling. Uh, it's my bedtime. All right, well, thank you for telling me all of that. I will never sleep again. I know, I tried to tell you that before we started doing this, but you didn't believe me. No, and I don't want that to reflect badly on you. It's just, it's a thing I'm dealing with. I won't ever sleep again. It's fine. Right. Um, has nothing to do with what you did. Uh, yeah. Okay, well. Anyway, let's. Uh, super fun. No, not super fun. Um, super depressing. Okay. All right. Well, well yeah. I see. We had so many good endings earlier, and I know I'm looking for a witty, snappy okay, a ending. A witty repartee. A witty, snappy ending. We don't All have right, Well, one. if you're not doing anything on Sunday, people, come to see my um, play. That's this Sunday. <laughs> this Sunday at Broadway Comedy Club. I'm going to be starring as um, Cinderella in the comedy play Cyber Cinderella. So you should come see it. Because right. I'm in it. It's what, not about murder. So What I'm, day is this coming out? I don't know. Thursday-ish? Maybe. All right, great. Thursday, Friday, this is coming out. So you have Sunday. To see her play. And I'm on TikTok. At Monotone Charlie. Alright. Where am I Charlie? You'll find me. Charlie Shulman on TikTok. Say goodnight, Charlie. Say goodnight, Charlie. Goodnight, Charlie.